Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 588. Releasing February 22 in Australian cinemas is Baghead, a supernatural horror thriller in which a young woman inherits a rundown pub, only to find that this property comes with a special tenant, Baghead, a shape-shifting creature that will let you speak to the dead, but not without a heavy price. Starring Freya Allen, Ruby Barker, and Peter Milan, Baghead is a gloomy and mood-filled exploration of grief, temptation, and messing with monsters in the dark. And joining me now is the director of Baghead, Mr. Alberto Corridor. Alberto, how are you today? I'm very well. How are you, Matt? I'm very well, thank you. Um, I'm a big fan of, of horror movies, and watching your film, it kind of struck, something struck me. Not many horror films are set in a pub. I, actually, I can't even think of many films, let alone set in a pub. Where did the idea come from to have the basement in which Baghead resides be underneath a pub? Was it about a pub or lo- or a bar um, that was the, the location that you guys wanted this um, horror uh, movie to be set? Yeah, the, the, the story started, uh, well, in 2017 for me. Um, I was trying to, to finance... Uh, low-budget horror movie, and I was looking for collaborators, looking for scripts, ideas, and I met Lorcan Rayleigh, who had written the um, the short story for for Backhead. It, it was already set in, in a pub um, and with all the elements there. Um, and for me, it was like, like you say, I, I always wanted to do something that is a bit out of the ordinary. I think it's very difficult nowadays to do something that uh, surprises the audiences because they are all, we have all watched everything basically. So um, to have this setting was really down my alley because I'm a big fan of of this, this realism, this magic realism, uh, which uh, puts supernatural elements in everyday life. And having a, a witch that can talk to the dead in the basement of a dinghy pub, I, I think it was really a, a home run for me. The short was set in London. Um, the movie is shot and set in Berlin. Um, Berlin is a, is a place where some great horror movies have been upsetting. Um, Suspiria, uh, possession, uh, just to name a couple. Um, what is it about that city? Do you think works so well for darker horror movies? Do you think it has to do with the architecture? Does it have to do yes. with um, with uh, the history? What do you think it is about that city of Berlin that works so well for horror? I I think I I've been always fascinated by Berlin. I I live in in Germany for for five years in the past. Um, and Berlin is one of those cities like you're spot on. Uh, the architecture is is incredible. It's a city that was bombed during the Second World to, to bits, uh, but still the way it was reconstructed, reconstructed when we were doing, uh, for example, scouting in Berlin to try to find the, the pub, to, fr- to find the basement, you realize how how buried is, is the, the architecture that is there, but also how really weird, because you could look at a building that looks like uh, completely run down on the outside, you open the door, you get in, and it's incredibly luxury, luxurious. So it's, it's the contrast, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the atmosphere of the city. Too. It's a city that, it reminds me a bit to my home city, to Madrid, where they live a lot in the night too. And, and that is something that when you're looking for a horror setting is, is really a plus point. Um, in Baghead, the creature itself, you had a potential for a real kind of like iconic horror monster here. 
Um, it's not often though that you get the, the name of the the monster match the look of the monster as well. Yeah. Um, usually it's like it might be some type of um, play on words or such, but this time the bag head is actually, you know, describes the creature itself. I'm just curious though, when when Lorcan first came to you back in 2017, did he have the idea for the name first, and did that influence the look of the creature, or was it the other way around? I think it was the the other the, the other way around. I think when when we started writing the the story for for the short, he was looking to do something contained with with a few actors in a, in a nice setting, but uh, very controlled everything. And he was coming up with the idea of having a medium. Uh, the classic medium meets uh, uh, someone who is in distress because lost a loved one, and then the whole idea developed a bit more in what if I do something different and what if I mm. I do uh, instead of a medium someone who can actually become shape shift into the into deceased person and I think after that it came what to put in in the head of this person and so on so it was something that came after. You have a, a German actress named Anne Mueller. She plays Baghead or you know, underneath all the prosthetics. That's like her underneath it. Um, what I love about the, the 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 character is the movements that they have. There's like a specific movements. It's almost like a slivering kind of way that she kind yeah. of goes about things. And I, I heard you say before that you wanted the character to be like from the earth because her backstory is like something who's someone's been around for a very long time and she's been stuck in this hole for a very long time. So she's kind of like kind of like almost part of the of the of the environment when she kind of moves around. What was it like working with Anne and getting those movements right? Is there like any type of um do you look at any type of dance? Do you look at any other movies with other type of creatures or, or even animals, for example, that you try to kind of emulate to try to get that movement um, down for this character? The the truth is that it was very easy to, to work with Anne Muller because um, she does a lot of, of this kind of physical acting. Um, because at, at the beginning, and again, uh, piggybacking on the short, we had an older lady playing backhead because it was kind of the look we were going for and the movement and the frailty and so on and the contrast later. But we realized that it, that wasn't the way forward for, for the feature because all the scenes they had something that was physically very demanding. So we needed someone mm. who had this kind of, she Annie had, had done a lot of uh, this physical dancing, this also uh, movements that look, all, all of her work is, is quite scary. And when you see her in the room, you really realize the moment I talked to her and I saw the first movements that she was doing and so on, I thought, yes, she dance all. She, she's the, the right one for, for backhead. And I think she does an incredible job because she can also balance these, these moments where you want to show a bit of vulnerability, even if, if the witch is playing it, and, and the moments where really she goes for the kill, where she is moving around like a possessed person. Yeah. Um, I love movies where they have like certain rules to, you know, situations, to characters. In this movie, there's the rule of, of the two minutes. You have two minutes to talk to the, the creature um, while she's in, in, in a different form. Um, where did the whole two minutes kind of thing come from? Was that something that was um, right there from the beginning of the short? And were there any other rules that you thought of maybe put it in there, but you kind of left on the wayside? I'm really curious about that. Yeah, the, the 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 thing with the rules is a very important thing in for all in horror movies where where you have to set up what are the basics and so help the audience to understand everything. 
uh, the dominant rule was there from the beginning, the same as the, the witch having to swallow uh, the object that is brought to her, because uh, we thought it was a very visual way of showing it. But the two minutes is crucial because it's a big part of the story. It was already in the short, and in a sense, is is the way that this witch, this creature, keeps coming back, keeps coming, uh, you coming back for more. It's like creating an addiction because if you want to solve something from your part, some of the of the grief that you have, and you want to get your closure, it's very difficult, almost uh, near impossible, to to get it done in two minutes. So by by putting a clear time limit, we we also feed into this. What happens after the two minutes? And after the two minutes, the witch is in control. So you're not talking any longer to the dead person that, that you wanted to talk. You're you're talking to the witch and she starts messing up with you. So the two minutes again was was relevant into creating this relationship of addiction, but also of poisoning of the mind of the person who's in front of the witch. Um, there were, there came... were to, to, to keep with your question, there were many rules that we, we discussed uh, that we could add. But at the end of the day, you want always to, to have a, a clean a clean set of rules that everyone can understand and not keep adding to it. Because uh, whatever you can add, it could be maybe good for a plot point, but it's, it's going to get confusing and it doesn't really add to the story. The Maths Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Fandango. Get the latest showtimes, guarantee tickets, browse Rotten Tomatoes scores, and watch trailers with Fandango the number one movie ticketing app. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by TeePublic. TeePublic is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, TeePublic is sure to have something you will love. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Gift Card Store. Australia's leading provider of gift cards, Gift Card Store offers a variety of prepaid MasterCard and Visa cards in physical or e-card format. You can even design your own card as the ultimate personalized gift. With Gift Card Store, you can gift the gift you know they will love. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work please click on the Patreon link in the description below. When you do the backstory for, for the witch character, for the character of Baghead, um, her backstory evokes does evoke sympathy in, in a lot of ways because you're, in, um, you're referencing things in the past that have happened to witches and um, and in, in, in doing so, you bring about a very kind of tangible kind of quality to it. But when you yourself as, a, as the director and filmmaker look at Baghead, the character, do you look at, at, at her as a victim or as a villain? I think there is no, I, I'm, not, I'm not very uh, in love with this black and white uh, looking at characters because uh, there are always nuances, there are different shades of grey. And and with the witch and spot on what you're saying is it was what what is it was in my head when when creating the character of the witch, I I always been a sucker for for witches in terms of uh, looking at their history and how were how were they in real life and I wanted to put some of that because at the end of the day they were not uh, the villains in in the stories they were actually the victims 
And in the in this um, situation in the pub, in this going through the hundred of years that she's been prisoner in, in that basement, nobody really, even our protagonist, even when Iris arrives there, they don't see uh, really like, oh, what is she doing there? Why are they mistreating her? Why are they using her? Straight away, because she's a nat supernatural entity, because she doesn't really communicate with you, and because she's been there forever, people start using her. And I wanted to make also a point of that, a point that sometimes you look at something that you think is, is bad or evil, but actually it's not. Even what she does is, is like when you, you go in the water in Australia and there is a shark. Sharks are sharks. That's what they do. Mm. It's nothing evil about it. So don't mess with them. And, and that's a bit uh, of the, the part of the story that, that I wanted to introduce in, in the mythology of the witch, yeah. You're going back to that shark analogy about don't messing with them. I always find it interesting how in horror movies, characters can't help but mess with the dark arts. They can't help but mess with the dark spirits. And a lot of times they think they're in control. The character that Freya plays in your movie, she thinks she's in control. She thinks she's in control of this, uh, finally in control of this destiny because she's never had control in her life ever, uh, beforehand. Um and I think a lot of that comes down to temptations, like the temptation of having a power that's beyond them. Um, is that something that you kind of like foresaw in a character as well or in the situation that's all these different guardians or these different gatekeepers, they think that it, they are in control of the situation, but when it comes to something to do with the, the dark arts or, or whatever, there's always a manipulation coming from the other end and um, they're never going to win in the end when you think about it. Because I don't know about you, I, I never mess with things like that ever because I don't know <laughs> what the ending's going to be. I'm not going to touch a Ouija board. I'm not going to do anything because like, I never, like I never always say, it's, a, it's almost like a philosophy of mine. Don't mess with the dark arts. I've seen too many horror movies. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I'm I'm too curious for that. I already did the Ouija board when I was much younger. Um, oh, no. I don't know if I, if I was in front of a, a creature like like Buckhead because I've been asked many times. I think I couldn't resist. I'm too curious. I'm too curious, and I think that is that is something that really interests me. And obviously, we had characters uh, that don't do this thing. We wouldn't have these horror movies, uh, obviously. But I think there is something about human curiosity and even more like like you said in the character of Iris, there are people in their lives that uh, they feel like they don't have anything, that they have been hard done uh, by life and that they need this opportunity. And when the opportunity arises, they just put away everything that is, is these alarms that are going in your brain, don't do it, don't do it. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? They just cast them aside because at the end of the day, they need something. They need, like you said, this this control. And for all this power in these stories about Iris being tempted, tempted because it's, it's the perfect situation for her in, in that point of view. She's getting control. She's getting money. She's getting power. And probably she's getting the opportunity to understand what happened in, in her family when she was a child, where her, her dad wasn't around and so on. So it's, it's a difficult combination to say no to, and even more so if, if you're a young woman starting in life and not having even a place to, to live in. So yes, it, it was by design, you want to have a character that is in a desperate uh, point in, in, in her life to, to confront Backhead and to actually accept the risk that comes with it. Final question, and it might be too soon to ask this, but I'm gonna ask anyway. <laughs> There's potential, I think, for more in regards to Baghead, whether it be prequel, sequel, spin-off. 
any ideas you have uh, rattling in your in your head in your head there? Uh, um, in re Alberto, in regards to uh, continuing the story of Baghead or the Baghead universe. Yeah, it's um, it's a question that I've heard a few few times. Again, um, yeah, there, there were already many ideas before um, just choosing to do what we have done with with Baghead. There, there is always uh, a lot of scope. Um, for me, it's, it's a matter of, is there a desire uh, from the audience and so is there a, a desire from the studio and that we wouldn't know until the, the movie has completed it, its run. Um, I think on, on from my point of view, I would more interested to, to see what happened before um, in terms of, of the story of the witch. But I also have to say, I've been with this project and with this character for the past six years. So maybe for me, it's a, it's a moment to think about moving on. So, but you never know. Time will tell. We will see. So for everyone out there listening, February 22 in Australian cinemas, Bad Kid, if you want to go and watch a great kind of moody, uh, dark, gothic horror movie, I really recommend checking out Bad Kid. Go there with uh, go friends. Uh, because you'll need someone's arm to grab hold to when watching this movie. Um, and Alberto, I thank you so very much for your time today. Congratulations on the movie. Best of luck with the film's release. And hopefully we talk again in the future. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Matt. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Mr. Hyde.